Welcome to the God Focused Podcast. And today we have a very special guest. Um, Kathleen Panning is going to be discussing the um, creation. Like, how do we, how are we creators in our world? I'm, I'm excited. We're, we're talking about the Genesis creation. And um, Kathleen comes to us with 33 years of um, 33, 33 years ago, I should say, she started as a, in a position as one of four associate pastors on the staff of a large congregation. She was the first woman to hold such a position in that congregation. And after being there almost five years, the new senior pastor told her she could choose. Don't you love choices? <laughs> Either resign or be fired. Like, Okay, both choices left her feeling like a failure, ashamed, and like she was not good enough. Kathleen worked with mentors and coaches, which enabled her to go on and serve for 13 years in a team ministry with her husband, mentor 14, mentor 14 seminary students through her first two years of seminary, and she started a business after retiring, which for almost four years now has included a weekly internet radio show and a podcast called A Flame Ministry. Wow, that's been four years. That's awesome. Kathleen is passionate about developing leaders, especially women in leadership positions so that God's love radiates through them to their family, in their work, and in their community and beyond. Kathleen, welcome to God Focused Podcast. It's awesome to be with all of you today. This is going to be fun. Yes. It's a fun group. On today's call, we have MJ, Kevin, Yolanda, and myself. Awesome. Angie, honoring the awesomeness in all of you. And so Kathleen is going to walk us through the Genesis life and we'll be asking her some questions. And you as listeners, if you think of any questions that we haven't touched on today, we'd love to hear from you. Um, and you can always contact us at godfocusedpodcast.com. So Kathleen, with that, take it away. This part, the whole story of creation has been something that has been instrumental for me, especially in the last several years. And uh, I'm going to start out with a um, part of the way that this got started for me many years ago, because I grew up in the upper Midwest, uh, not too far from where you are, Angie, uh, a little bit further north of that. And my grandparents lived in uh, a major city and my family and I, when I was growing up, were mm, 15, 20 miles out of town. And in those days, it was a, no four lane roads, no highways to get to town. So it took a while to get there. But anyway, uh, in that city, the, the city fathers had decided that there was one particular type of tree that they planted in most of the residential streets. And I always loved it when we turned down Grandma and Grandpa Street off of a more major thoroughfare because it was like driving into a cathedral there the trees were uh, a kind of elm tree and so they have a an upward arching branches and the branches touched over the road and it looked like a gothic archway and when it was 
the trees were in leaf. It was absolutely gorgeous. It was this green arched tunnel. And in wintertime, if there was snow lining those branches, it was delicious. It was, it was like icing on all of the branches and it was just as beautiful, but in a different way. And that's the scene that always greeted me as I was growing up driving to grandma and grandpa's house. But long about the time, I think I was in seminary already and uh, I had come home to visit my parents and they were driving and we turned down we were approaching Grandma and Grandpa Street, and I looked down one of the side streets, a residential street, and I noticed that there were some of those trees missing. And I've asked about that, and I was told that there was a particular disease, a beetle, that was carrying this disease that got under the bark, and it was infecting the trees. And the city was trying all kinds of ways to stop the disease. But because the branches touched, over the road and from side to side, it became like a super highway for these beetles to get from one tree to the next. And they also dropped on vehicles and got to the next street and things like that that way. So I was just hoping and praying that they would figure something out to stop this before this spread to my grandparents' street. It was a good six months or a year or more before I got back again. And I remembered this. And as we were approaching Grandma Grandpa Street, I was just really praying, you know, what, what am I going to see? The first street where I first saw those trees, few trees cut down, not a single tree left. The next one, the same thing. And it kept going that way. And I was just praying, you know, hope they stopped it. Turned down Grandma Grandpa Street, not a single tree. The city had to cut down all of those trees because there was no other way to stop the spread of the disease. And what I learned from that is God created this world with a diversity very intentionally. Yes, there is a beauty in the sameness and a mass of planting of something or like in those trees where everything was the same. But there is also a weakness in that. And there is a vulnerability in that. And there is such a beauty in the diversity and a strength in that diversity that we don't always appreciate. The city did replant trees but they were not all the same trees. On the, there were at least two different varieties of trees on each street, and they were not next to each other or across the street from each other. And, you know, my grandparents are long gone, so I haven't driven down that street in many, many years. But um, that was a teaching point to me to begin to understand a little deeper God's creation. And since then, I've gone back to Genesis and the that story of creation and realize that you know basically every culture ancient culture had some sort of way of understanding how this world began and you can find many different stories about that um, in uh, textbooks and things like that but there's a beauty in what we have in scripture and it's something that's believed by Christians and Jewish and Muslim people, because all of the others had a whole panoply of gods and goddesses creating everything. But these Hebrew people said there's one God. 
And the other stories basically talked about, you know, the things that we find as problematic in life, like an earthquake or a flood or something like that, as the gods at war with each other and that these were bad things. But Genesis talks about one God creating it all. And actually, the, the very first verse, which says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That's the way most of us in English have always read that. But it could easily, equally be translated as in the beginning of God's creating the heavens and the earth, which says there's a continuation of God's activity here. God didn't just plop this earth out here and say, you know, I'm done with you. you know, I've finished this thing and now it's yours. So God is still at work creating. And so, you know, every time there's an earthquake or, you know, things shift and change in our world, that we can see as part of God's continuing activity in this world and creation. But then we get to the question of, okay, there's an earthquake. There's a lot of destruction with it. People are suffering because of it. How do we understand that too? And the writers of Genesis also put that kind of thing into this because it's a way of saying, you know, God put all of this to start with, but he also gave us the care of this world. We haven't always done that so well. Um, yeah, the whole idea of dominion, what does that mean? Sometimes it's been taken as, oh, we get to use it and go with it and do whatever we want with it. But it's really the image of, for everyone who understands Jesus, whether as savior or as prophet, he's talked about it as the good shepherd and the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. And that's the image of dominion that is there in creation. So we are to take care of and tend this like we would if we were taking care of a flock and tending it. And it's one of nurture and responsibility and um, sustaining things we don't always do that well. So, and that's part of Genesis 3, where we talk about what's often been called the fall. But what happened in Genesis 3? You know, Adam and Eve reached for, and by the way, scripture never describes it as an apple. <laughs> in spite of all of the artwork and everything else, that talks about um, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's never described in scripture as an apple. So you can eat all the apples you want, <laughs> not worry about it. Um, but, you know, reaching for that apple was the temptation was to be like God. And so it was to elevate ourselves to be more than who God created us to be, to take the place of God or to become equals with God. And that's not what we're created to be. And so that gets things out of balance and out of whack at times. But there's another way to look at some of these, what we normally call the bad things in life. You know, um, when people 
loved ones that we have when they're sick or when they die, and uh, especially death and dying. If we understand that God created everything out of love and that when we die, we go back to God, then death is no longer for the person who dies, at least, the bad thing. Yes, there's the pain for us because we miss that person, the people we love. But for the one who dies, it's a returning to the creator and to being in that relationship. And so, you know, it becomes a little bit more of a mixed bag instead of necessarily the pain and the trauma that we sometimes think of it as. So those, I mean, there's so much richness in Genesis 1 and 2, especially, and thinking about how God created, God spoke everything into being. And to study Hebrew, um, and, and I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but I've talked with a woman who is, is um, uh, a native of Israel, a native Hebrew speaker, studied Hebrew, and she deals, um, th works in uh, Hebrew mysticism, which is called Kabbalah. And the, the whole idea of, when I say the word chair, each of us brings to mind a piece of furniture. And if for one person, it may be a rocking chair, for another one, an armchair, upholstered chair, you know, it can be all kinds of different things. And so it's, the word becomes a symbol of the reality. But when God spoke things into creation, that word became a tangible reality. So the word became real. And as Christians, we talk about that with Jesus, the word became flesh. But it's the it's a, it's a concept that's really hard for the rest of us to understand, but that God, when God spoke something, it was, it actually came into being. But then with humans in Genesis one, God didn't speak us into being. God molded us and took the stuff of the earth and molded humans into being and both men and women. And so there's no distinction in God between one being greater or better than the other. And actually the word Adam, which we ascribe to men in Hebrew means humankind. It's not male or female. God created Adam, which is humankind. And so the, at some point there was the distinction between male and female, both are good. Both are important in creation and in life and both are equally gifts from god so that's just a small taste of what's there and i'd be wel welcome your questions your comments um you know what you think about all of this as we go along because i'd love to hear from some of the rest of you what you're thinking excellent kev do you have any questions or anybody yolanda anybody well, I think it's a, a amazing, you know, when I think of God creating everything and, you know, there's, there's going to be disease down here. There's going to be floods. There's going to be, you know, God allows those types of things. And, 
but it, it's always turned for good. It, 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 you never see it when it happens, but as you watch things unfold, it's funny how it turns into good. And I, I always think of this, and I'm glad Kathleen brought this up. It's like we have a big sign on ourselves and a sign down here, kind of like road construction. You know, uh, we have a big sign on our life that says under construction because mm-hmm. we're always being molded to move into, into a direction of, you know, of, of goodness somewhere along the line, you, you're going to find that goodness in whatever's happening to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that reminds me that, you know, God said about all of creation, when God finished that, this is very good, not just good, not just sort of good, but very good. And I think about God said mosquitoes are good. Hmm. <laughs> I'm not so sure I agree, but <laughs> God said mosquitoes are good. God said viruses are good. You know, and in the middle of the pandemic, I'm, you know, is that really true? But <sighs> You know, how do we see a goodness in that? How do we see that, uh, you know, this isn't God's punishment, but it's a part of the created world. And instead of seeing this as, you know, God slamming and saying, oh, you've done something wrong. How can we switch that entry and celebrate God's goodness? Yeah, I love that perspective. It's interesting because I work, um, I run into a lot of poison ivy in my work. And I I always, and mosquitoes, it's like, well, what are the point of all these things? Like, they're so (laughs) irritating. And it was funny, I was at the Forest Preserve a few weeks ago, and they had a little sign up. I didn't have my camera with me. I I should have taken a picture, but I didn't have my camera. And it was a sign this uh, like a pamphlet describing why poison ivy is good like what because <laughs> it, it gives it gives you know it it has berries for you know animals and birds to uh-huh. eat and um you know it provides you know whatever for nature i mean it's just interesting like well i just <laughs> the oils in that thing last forever so it's <laughs> it, it's really interesting and then the mosquitoes it's funny i heard recently all you have to do is blow a fan on them they're so weak they can't fly really well yeah you just blow constant like put a fan out in the patio when you have people over and it keeps mm-hmm. them away because they can't fly into that and that because yeah. there's a purpose somewhere for a mosquito but <laughs> um, well, bats love them you know there you go there you go bats and, and dragonflies and you know they're they are food for other creatures so yeah it's always fascinating to me yeah good in everything there's good in if you if you can find good in mosquitoes and poison ivy (laughs) there's you know keep looking there's good there's good Mm -hmm. i i really like how um um you know just the whole idea let's see I, i made some notes here earlier what was it about um um you know just you know even though there's destruction well well with your story in the beginning i love that on how because every, all the trees were so similar and they were touching and they were, you know, beautiful and, you know, they provided a great purpose, but yet they were too 
similar and that was there was weakness in that i really love that yeah. story that opening story the weakness and the similarity and the strength in the diversity is necessary and and at times we do have to come through and like chop everything down like the flood you know you know with noah's time you know just destroy everything you know save this little bit and um the rest has to be destroyed i mean at times it's it's it serves a purpose there is good in everything even though it's um when you're in it you know there's a lot of emotions and human things to go through uh -huh. to to process yeah. it, but there is ultimately a bigger vision, a bigger purpose. I love that. I yeah. think that's powerful. I love your opening story. That was really powerful. Thank you. Yeah. I, I'm looking out over my uh, computer here and uh, there's a wood, wooded area and there's, you know, there's a variety of elm trees. There's at least two or three varieties of oak trees and pine trees and cedar, some maple, occasionally a dogwood and, and a sweet gum and, you know, other things that I may have missed. But what I've learned is that, you know, oh, hickory trees is another one. Some of those have a root system that there's a, like a taproot and it goes almost as deep as the tree is tall. There are others like a dogwood that has a very fine root system that spreads out and it becomes like a mat. And it's almost difficult to dig through that. And then there are others that have a root system that's as broad as the canopy. And a sweet gum sends out roots way beyond that and it can shoot up a new tree from those roots when they're shallow and uh, at ground level. And the combination of all of those provides strength in a storm because there are other people around where I live who have tree farms and it's all one kind of pine tree. And they've also faced a disease with that and had to cut down a huge swath of trees when the disease gets in. But you know, when, when there's a solo tree, and there's a bad storm, that tree is much more vulnerable than when it is in the company of others of different varieties. And so even with that, you know, just looking at how God put things together, we're meant for diversity. I think of, you know, the implication for that is the way some of us, some of the conversations have gone on these days about uh, different cultures and different uh, communities and different languages and not wanting certain kinds of people around us. What strength are we uh, avoiding when we do that? What, um, what gifts are we not receiving? when we do that and you know it it gets to be that big of a picture in many respects that's powerful yeah that's amazing yeah. yeah and it's we and we've been talking about ephesians um recently in this in this um podcast and just how god created all these parts that everyone has a role to play and we need everyone's necessary it's all needed mm -hmm. like i look out the window at the car you know and there's a you know you know there's you know a wheel 
um, and that steering wheel, two completely uh-huh. different parts, you know, they uh-huh. look similar, but the, you know, the wheel's not trying to jump on the ground and, you know, be the tire and, you know, and the muffler's not jumping in the driver's seat to try to drive the car. I mean, because <laughs> everyone has to play their role and do it well. And they're all necessary because if you don't have a steering wheel, you're going nowhere. If you don't have tires, you're not going anywhere. And, and you know, and if the muffler's not doing its job right, you're not going to get very far. And so every part matters. Uh-huh. And um, I just love how, you know, God, it was, I'm always big into nature. God is always entertaining us. If we really uh-huh. look deeply into all the lessons of and uh, creation is at the heart of all of it. You know, there's, yeah. there's lessons in there, the way the animals, the insects, the plants, you know, earth, air, fire, you know, water. I mean, there's just so many cool elements and lessons that um, God's continually reminding yeah. us that, um, um, yeah, it's a continual creation. It's a continual creation. And we have a major part in that. I love that. So, yeah. And yeah, that gets to the whole idea of us being created in the image of God. What does that mean? Yeah. Doesn't, certainly doesn't mean we look like God, um, but it, it means that we have that creative ability. It means that we can think and reason. And, you know, it's not quite clear if there are other animals that can do that. There's some possibilities with uh, dolphins and maybe some of the apes uh, and things like that, that they have higher language capabilities or, and things like that. But um you know, there's still something very unique about us as human beings. And that's what creates us in the image of God and the under the ability to understand and not just use simple tools, but to do very complex things and to explore outer space uh, and explore the depths of the ocean at the same time and the depths of the earth. And that also gives you know, God didn't create us as puppets. We have free will. So we can follow God's directions or not. And all of us do the or not at times. <laughs> That's not something related to just one or two people. You know, we all do that um, and in different ways. But we also have the ability to come back. And, you know, being in that trusting, loving relationship with God, universe, spirit, however one wants to talk about that, is so critically important. And um, to learn those, to trust God, uh, and especially in the most difficult times, that's hard. That's hard. What what would you say to someone, I know we touched on it a little bit, but someone that is going through, um, you know, like, you know, just a really hard time. What, what do you recommend that, how do we minister to one, one another during times like that? What do you recommend? One of the things that's always been helpful for me that's happening is to be present with the person. And I think that's one thing that yeah, about God. God is present. And there's a, a ministry of presence. And another thing is listen. Don't try to correct someone. Don't try to, you know, 
say, no, 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 you shouldn't feel that way. They have every right to feel the way they're feeling, confused, angry, even angry at God. That's okay. Um, and God is strong enough to take our anger, believe me. Um, and, you know, um, feeling hurt, whatever those feelings are, to help the person express that, to really, really listen. Um, and then to ask them, maybe, if anything, what would be most helpful to them? Uh, if they can do that, you know, if it's someone close by that we're, where we could, even in the midst of COVID, maybe uh, bring them meals if they need it or something like that, um, those kinds of things. But first of all, be present and listen. So that's amazing. And if, if, as I'm sure somebody listening to this is going through something themselves right now, mm-hmm. um, and may, maybe they don't have a community that they've developed to help them through a tough time, what do you recommend to someone who's really isolated themselves? I know that's a big question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, if they're, if they're not willing to go out and ask for that help, it's very difficult. Um, you can offer, uh, you can say, I'm here. If you want to talk, uh, I'm willing to listen. Um, you can send a little note, a text that says, you know, I'm thinking about you, those kinds of things. But until someone is willing to crack open that door to let someone else in, um, you know, we can't force that. Uh, in this, I, I know you've been walking with God for quite some time, and I don't know if you can think back far enough, um, like before you even knew, you know, your relationship with Jesus and, and, and God in this creation conversation. Um, what, do you remember that process for yourself, how you ca- came to get this deeper understanding? Because this is a very grounded place. Mm-hmm. for someone to be okay with um, this whole conversation. I mean, there's, there's a process that people need to go through to get here. Yeah. Um, that, I, I grew up in a family where uh, faith was part of the family. Um, went to church every single Sunday. Uh, the only excuse for not going was being very sick. I mean, that was uh, just a part of it. Um, I loved going to Sunday school and hearing uh, all of the the wonderful stories from the Bible, Uh, you know, about David and Goliath and Samson and, you know, all the Old Testament ones plus the, the ones in the New Testament. And so it's hard for me to even, in some ways, conceive of a time without God. Um, And I think the the only thing we can do then for, and there are many people who have not grown up in a family like that. And I'm very well aware of that, but the, the best thing to do is to share, you know, your own, why God is important to you. If they're open to hearing that, Um, not in the sense of, you know, if you don't believe you're going to hell type of thing, but you know, this is how God's helped me through these kinds of times. This is what my faith means to me. 
and why it's important. Um, and there are a lot of people who have a hard time putting that into words. I realize that. Um, there are, if you're in a group, um, I was trained to do a, a, be a leader in a Bible study at one point in time. And we started out with something called Quaker questions. And it's a series of three questions. And, uh, you know, one was kind of like, hi, who are you? One was, what was the source of fuel, heat in your home when you were growing up? Yeah, all of us can share that. Yeah, whether it was a furnace, a wood-burning stove, you know, whatever it was. A second question is, what was the source of uh, human heat or love in your family when you were growing up or when you were growing up? Uh, was it a grandparent, a parent? And so each of the questions starts to go a little bit deeper and to feel a little more comfortable sharing something a little more personal. And the third one is, what is the source of, yeah, how do you have your relationship with God? type of question. And to help someone talk about that kind of thing would be, you could start with something very um, unthreatening as a conversation. Um, getting to know someone, you know, asking what, uh, what's important to them. Have they ever had a pet? Have they, um, you know, what kind of pet, what what are the things they like to do and get to know the person first. And then, um, you know, as you get to know someone, uh, start sharing more and helping them to share more. It, do they feel an aching emptiness somewhere? You know, what does that mean? How did your faith maybe fill that aching emptiness? Or when you feel that way, what do you do as a person of faith? So, awesome. thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. So, MJ, Kevin, Yolanda, any questions that you all have as we wrap up here? I've taken lots of notes here, Kathleen. I love this. Uh, uh, I, I, if they don't have any questions, I got one other thing I want to add about Genesis 1, and that is the seventh day. That's Sabbath. Shabbat uh, is the Hebrew word, and it's a day of rest. And it's interesting because originally in Israel, ancient Israel, it was not a day of worship. It was a day for rest. And I see in our world today, especially in uh, the U.S. and developed countries, we're, we live at a frantic pace many times. There's always more to do. Always, always, always. And even as a, a pastor, I see so many of my colleagues in ministry who do not take a day of rest, who always allow, oh, there's somebody else I need to see. Oh, this phone call came in. You know, all of these different things. And we don't allow ourselves to really stop and rest. And I think, you know, it was important for God to do that. Why do we think it's less important for us? Um, 
yes, I would love people to go to worship uh, when it's safe and things like that, or online, um, find some place of meaningful worship. That's great. But we do need that time of rest. That's part of the rhythm of creation. And, you know, to honor who we are and who God created us to be and how God created everything. Yeah. For those in um, certain climates where you have winter, you know, vegetation takes a rest. You know, they lose their leaves. They go kind of dormant. Um, it's for a longer season, but it fits into the rhythm of life. And we need that too. Uh, to honor that time of rest. So, you know, be kind to yourself. <laughs> Give yourself some some space, not just for an hour, not just a once a year week of vacation, you know, a rhythm of rest every week. I love that. So, that's awesome. That's amazing. So that's part of the that's Genesis amazing. life, living that creation life. That's awesome. I love that. That is, that's a very critical piece. I'm glad you were able to add that in. Mm -hmm. I also loved how you said how God used his voice to create the world, but then mm -hmm. he molded humans. Yeah. That's, um, I, I don't think I've ever really realized that distinction. I always, you know, thought about him speaking life and everything, but yeah, mm -hmm. you're right. He molded us. Yeah. Yeah. And that action is part of being created in God's image. Not that we physically appear like God, but that there some part of that action is part of being in the image of God. So, yeah. That's yeah. And in the Hebrew, um, the word Adam is also the word for humanity. Yeah. And mm -hmm. the word Eve is also the word of life. Yeah. So it's, it's an interesting in Hebrew, humanity and life is the two names of the two first people of this earth. And I just love that little piece of history there and mm -hmm. definition of, you know, in the Hebrew where those words come from. Um, yeah. Just, Two more quick things. Yes, I, I'm an ex-soccer coach, and um, I, I noticed also that if you don't give your, your players some time to rest, you know, they'll eventually burn out, and then you won't have anything, and you just need to put that time into taking some time off away from the game so that when they come back, they're, they're a lot fresher mm -hmm. and, and can go after whatever life is throwing at them. And uh, lastly, I, I wrote down, you know, you were talking about things when you talk to people and you can get, get a conversation going with somebody. What are some of the um, things you can get into when you're talking to somebody to just to kind of warm up the conversation and, and, and try to make it non-threatening? Yeah. And there was a, a friend of mine who taught me um, this thing called FORM, F-O-R-M. And form stands for family, ask them questions about their family, F. occupation, ask them questions about their occupation, 
recreation, ask them questions about their, what, how they recreate. And then lastly, you can throw a message at them towards the end if you think it's going well enough where maybe they might receive a message. And so form was something I was taught years ago, family, occupation, recreation message for just warming up a conversation with somebody you don't know, you know, or you lightly know them. So I yeah, that was huge. Yeah, that's a good acronym to, to remember. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and I like that it also goes along with the idea of God formed humans. I like that. It all kind of works together with creation and forming. I love it. That's awesome. All right, Kev, you've been very quiet. Any, any questions um, from you? Um, no, I mean, I, my thoughts on the creation really, they didn't, they just didn't really kind of flow into the, the dialogue here. I mean, I, when I think of creation, I, I kind of go in different directions. Um, not, not to say that I didn't enjoy the conversation because uh, I do agree with everything that was spoken about diversity and the need for rest and, and the idea of, of really, you know, a, a unified earth, you know, that is a good earth. It's a good creation, you know, because it came from God, you know, a couple of other angles that I had been thinking about were this idea of creation in, in a sense of, you know, kind of what was said as we we're created in, in the image of God. And that's, you know, that's our consciousness. That's our, our awareness of self, right? You know, we, you know, that was alluded to and kind of discussed. Uh, that's a neat, that's a neat idea because creation and, and just as the idea, you know, the world isn't, isn't a static place, right? It's, it's ever changing or evolving. And, uh, and it's, it's as the, in, in the image of God, right? As we are created, um, you know, we are creators, you know, we get the chance um, to, to shape the reality that we live in, right? We get a chance to, to influence um, what our world looks like um, and to honor God, you know, with our life, to honor God with our actions is, is our contribution to this world, right? So as we as we create, we are honoring God as we create and as, as we, and we can create in all kinds of different ways, right? We can build things. We can think things. We can have ideas. We can build relationships. You know, we can send out, you know, um, you know, support to others, um, you know, and, and focus on things that, that, that we care about, you know, to further a cause or to further, you know, a certain, um, you know, theology, uh, so there's a lot of creation that we can do that as, as humans, right. We, we, we would honor God. Um, and the other angle, um, that I was thinking about was more on the idea of sin, right. You know, so, you know, God created a perfect world, you know, um, and then when human humanity introduced sin, you know, uh, God cursed the world and it, you know, we have a, uh, the, or even the earth groans, you know, because of, of the sin that has been um, put into this world. And, uh, and just the, how, how uh, God handled that, right? How God in, in his love and, and care for us as humans, um, how he handled um, this idea that um, even though, and he knew it was coming, obviously he's God, you know, how he handled 
uh, you know, allowing this world um, to to support us, right? Even even though that we, uh, you know, we 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 you know, Adam and Adam and Eve made made poor choices and and were fallen creatures, you know, separate from God. We still have the ability, you know, to be supported by this world, uh, and uh, uh, so there's a whole. I, I I was just kind of thinking about that whole that whole line of thought of, you know, how do, how do we, you know, how do we invest? How do we invest in this world as as sinful creatures, right? As less than perfect, right? How do we invest in this world, you know, to honor God, to show our love of God, and how does God in turn? you know, or I don't know if in turn, but how does God, um, you know, provide for us? How does he support us with, with what's been created? You know, how does he enable us, uh, to continue to further, um, what he started, you know, uh, and, and, uh, and we partner, right. Yeah. That was, that was brought up, I think early on was this idea of, you know, carrying forward what, what, what has been started, you know, with the creation story. So that, that's it. I mean, that, that was where my, I don't know. They're not very well developed thoughts there, but that was kind of where I was going. That's all very interesting. Um, What you said about sin, what, how I see that as our sin is primarily a broken relationship with God. And because of that, that affects this earth. And that's basically what I heard you saying, Kevin, and you know that that has affected how we care for the earth um and many things that happen within within life and in this earth and um you know that that not necessarily responsible for you know uh natural disasters or what we call a natural disaster or anything like that but it it has impacted all of creation and um, how you know what we do with the soil when we over fertilize and pesticides and things like that what we're doing with the atmosphere and climate change that you know it does impact this world uh, and in many more subtle ways too so uh, and the the imperfection is not that we make mistakes it's it's the the idea that we um, don't trust God and don't follow the way of God perfectly uh, as God desires us to do. And so that to me is our primary imperfection. So, you know, when you or I goof on something, that's not a sin. <laughs> so, um, you know, that not necessarily a sin. It's, it's um, you know, missing a, uh, the nail with a hammer uh, and maybe hitting her finger instead. Um, that's a hurt, but it's, it's not a symbol of uh, our necessarily of our sin. So, you know, it's just a slightly different take on what it means to be perfect and to allow for uh, some of the things we do without uh, those imperfections that we call where we're, we're not 100% on things. And that being human is not a sin. Not being in the relationship with God that God desires, that would be the sin. So uh, being human is not, not a sin. 
God created us that way. So say that one more time, Kathleen, you said being human is not a sin. And right. Just- being human. The fact that you and I, all of us are human beings is not a sin. God created us as human beings. The sin is not trusting God, not living in the relationship with God that God desires for us and that God knows is best for us. That's where the sin is, not in being a human being. So, yeah. So I'm only human is not a good thing to say. You were created (laughs) as a human being. That's part of the goodness of creation. Well, I think as we create, right, I think, um, and just to, I mean, maybe to build on what you were saying uh, and maybe clarify a little bit of my not necessarily, you know, fully formed thoughts. Uh, I, I think that when I think of sin, I think of, you know, missing the mark, right? That's kind of the word sin. That's kind of where it came from. That's, and that's and Hebrew version, Hebrew meaning of it. Yeah. And, and, and so what, what, you know, what is, you know, what does that, what is the mark, right? What is it that we're really trying to hit? And um, the way I see it is, um, you know, it's, it's the glorification of God, right? God, we are God's created beings. You know, we, everything that's here, every, you know, we talk about creation, everything that we see, everything that, everything that exists is created. It's, it came, it came from God. Um, whether it's inanimate or animate objects, you know, uh, whether it's living or dead, whether it's, you know, um, you know, even, even our souls and our, our, our life force, right. I mean, that all comes from God. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, so we're, we're, we're created beings designed to have a relationship with God, you know, uh, as the Genesis story explains, right. We, you know, we, we, we make choices that separate us from God. Mm-hmm. And um, when we do that, right, we, you know, God is the source of power. God is the source of energy and light, right? And uh, as we separate ourselves from that, right, we, we our, our judgments and our decision-making um, is, is impacted. Uh, and as it's impacted, right, we start doing things that maybe are not godly, right? They're, they're more selfish oriented, you know, egocentric, uh, self-absorbed, inward facing benefit myself, not for the glory of God, right? It's benefit glory of Kevin, you know, or whoever, right? It's, and, uh, and I think that when I think of sin, I think of it in that context is this, this, this idea that we are creators and we can create healthy things that, that honor God, or we can create unhealthy things that honor something else. And, uh, and, uh, and that's how we, I think we continue on, you know, as, uh, you know, that's how we continue on, right. It's this, this idea of creation and, and, and evolution and diversity, right. Uh, you know, they, they all kind of hinge off this idea that those, that, that, that diversity honors God, the, the, the very, the variability honors God, everything that, everything that exists has the capacity to honor God and reflect mm-hmm. God's light. And, and the sin is, and when, and when we, uh, whether like to your set where, where, you know, where we consciously turn from God and we consciously turn from trying to reflect that love and trying to reflect 
back, you know, uh, and give credit where credit to do, you know, uh, give, give it back to God. And I, I have no disagreement with anything that you have said. Uh, the one thing I'd caution people of is that healthy self-care is godly. Uh, so because sometimes people take it to the point of, you know, I can't do anything for myself. I can't. I always have to be last or I have to um, be the victim of people thinking of myself at all becomes selfish. And um, there, there is a place for healthy self-care um, and you know, that that's not sinful. That is also godly when we do that, taking care of our bodies, our nutrition, getting the rest we need. So that's the only caution I'd put in to what you said. Not that you said that, but um, so that because I know people take things to that level that I can't do anything, that any time I take attention and time for myself, it's becoming selfish. That's not true. So sure. Yeah. 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 And there's, you know, I mean, e even in my own life, right. I mean, there, and I was, in fact, I was just having this conversation with someone the other day. It's this, this idea that, you know, um, I felt, I felt guilt. There was a time in my life, but I felt guilty. If I felt good, if I felt joy, I felt guilty because I'm yeah. like, Oh, I clearly must be doing something, you know, selfish here because, <laughs> you know, I'm, I, I feel not terrible, <laughs> you know, and, you know, and, and of course you're, you're spot on. And that, I'm glad you said that because the fallacy of the fallacy is to think of us as, as, you know, it's, you know, God doesn't call us to live, you know, to be ascetic, you know, and, and to have no joy in our life, to find no pleasure in this earth, you know, to find no pleasure in what's been created. Um, that's not, he didn't create us to be, you know, slogging through life, you know, just barely dragging, dragging on, right. That doesn't honor, that doesn't honor God. No. Uh, yeah. And so I, I'm so glad you said that. That's a, that's a wonderful point that you make. So. Yes, absolutely. That's uh, Kathleen. That's a hook. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to run with that one. Healthy okay. self-care is not sinful. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. Um, excellent. Well, any other final comments from everyone? We're going to wrap this up. Last call for, for comments, questions. Um, this was a wonderful conversation, Kathleen. And I, I am so honored that you were able to join us today. And um, it's my pleasure to be here. So thank you for having me. Awesome. Okay. Then in, um, gosh, I just, uh, um, Lord bless all these words that have been shared today and let it touch the hearts of all of our listeners in just a beautiful, bountiful way so that we can all go out and be massive creators of good and love and light for you, Lord. And, um, and all God's children said, Amen. 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 Yay. Thank you. Go and be awesome, everyone. So if something's being said during this podcast, it's really pulling at your heart right now and tugging at you right now. Just say this little prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin. You died for me. And 
Thank you for coming into my life. You are my Lord and Savior. And by saying that prayer, you're bringing him that much closer to you and just saying thank you for being there always with me, Lord. So I hope we've helped in some way. Jesus is always there for you. Just use that power. Thank you for listening to the God Focus Podcast. And if we've said something today that's helped, we do have two action steps you can do with our program. Number one is we have a prayer team. If you'd like us to pray for you, just email us at godfocusedpodcast at gmail.com and we could put the prayer team on your situation. Secondly, if you have the financial means to help us, we are right now trying to improve the quality of the podcast with technology and editing. If there's any situations you can help with us, we have a custom program right now we're building for a custom membership and then we'll have membership packages down the road. Please email us at godfocusedpodcast at gmail.com and we can send you that information. Thank you for all your help and love through Jesus Christ and God bless you. Have a great week.